I am standing with Bob Backlund. He did exactly what he said he was going to do, agree or disagree with his tactics. He is now two-time WWE Wait a minute. First of all, young man, it's Mr. Bob Backlund. And you're incorrect. I've been the champion since 1978. I never lost the championship. Tonight, I just regained the belt. And I beat the man that represents your society. I beat him so I could save you. I'm gonna scrutinize you to the fullest, pasteurize you, homogenize you, and synchronize you back into morality. You understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's sports education. I'm your champion, and I'll take on anybody, anybody at all, ladies and gentlemen, in your generation, because I'm fighting for something that's more important than anything in this world has put morality back into your lives, and now your children have somebody that they can emulate after and try to catch up to. Because I feel like God! Hey, this is the American Lineage, Michael Miller, and welcome to Remember the Class of 1998, episode 24. And recording us today on a late summer night on Sunday... And it is muggy as heck, folks, uh, here in northern New York. Probably one of the last times it's going to feel like this for a long while. Uh, so anyway, not much going on this weekend. Just an ordinary weekend. And then there pretty much that's I can say about the weekend, folks. It's just been ordinary. So enough of me gabbing. Let's get into this 10-song block here. And, well, some of you guys might swing your baseball bats at me or something or whatever or you know get out of your seats again like no you know but the first track we're playing is it did chart in the pop charts just seeing it right now um it was a top 90 hit in november 1994 all right here we go guys here we go get prepared get prepared it was number one country hit it was top five country hit in canada and it was a top 40 hit in the United Kingdom. So I wonder if this artist ever got into the top of the pops. Uh, some of the British fans want to inform me about that. Um, but anyways, uh, uh, first track we're starting off this 10 song block is, uh, I guess you can call it a classic song from Mary Chapin Carpenter. It's Shut Up and Kiss Me. So we're starting off this block with Shut Up and Kiss Me by Mary Chapin Carpenter. We're only here on Ripper Class in 1998. Shot. All right, we're just getting done with our fun packed 10 song block here. Remember, class of 1998, of course, we heard, first heard from Mary Chapin Carpenter with Shut Up and Kiss Me. And then we heard the classic one from Real McCoy, all the way from Germany, uh, with Another Night. Um, monster hit back in our freshman year in high school. Monster hit, top three. The song's so played on, I think, radio to this day. You know, you know, if. Eurodance reaches peak, it would definitely be this song. Um, it was also number one on dance club charts. 
over in Canada was top 60 hit on their pop charts, which kind of surprised me. I think it would have been a bigger hit uh, pop-wise in Canada, but it was number one on their dance charts. Uh, it was number one in Australia, in Scotland, in their own charts, in Zimbabwe. Wow. All the way down Zimbabwe, another night was a huge monster hit for uh, Real McCoy. Number two in the UK, top five Belgium, top ten Denmark, Finland, Ireland, Norway, top 20 France, Germany. Must be the name of Germans like, uh, it's okay. It may do better in America. <laughs> and also top 20 in Iceland, Netherlands, New Zealand, top 30 in Austria and Sweden, and was a minor hit in Switzerland in top 50. And then we heard a double shot Real McCoy with their song Runaway. And then we heard from Craig Mack with Flava Yeah, top 10 hit in uh, November 1994. Same week with uh, Real McCoy. Top 5 in R&B charts. And it was number 1 rap uh, song of that time too as well. And of course we heard a classic one from Coolio LV, Gangsta's Paradise. And then we heard another pop charting song that probably no one's heard in years. It's You Will Know from the movie Jason's Lyric from BMU, which stands for Black Man United. And it's like a all-star cast of R&B singers. Yeah, Albie Shore, Boyz II Men, Brian McKnight, D'Angelo, El DeBarge. Keith Sweat, Lenny Kravitz played guitar on it, R. Kelly, Tevin Campbell, and Usher, and many others. Uh, the single was a top 30 hit in November 1994, and also was a top 5 R&B hit. And then, of course, we heard from En Vogue with their song, Don't Let Go. And then the Eagles got back together in 1994, and their song, Get Over It. Uh, was the top 40 in November 1994, top 30 in AC charts. Over in Canada, it was, well, I did better. It was top 5 in Canada, top 20 in their AC charts. Um, did pretty well in Poland, actually. It was top 30 in their charts. And minor hit in Germany, top 60, as well as Australia in their top 80. And then we heard from Salt and Pepper, none of your business. Top 40 in November 1994, top 60 rap hit. I uh, made the top 20 in the UK, top 30 in Ireland and Switzerland, top 40 in the Netherlands, top 60 in Australia, and top 90 in Germany. And then we heard from Lauren Hill, one of her songs that came out the summer before we went to college, called Do Wop That Thing. I remember hearing that song like constantly in the clubs um, during that summer before I entered uh, college. Uh, I actually mistook the song. I remember I was, you know, so high on caffeine drinking pepsi the bar i thought she was singing that ring not that thing uh stupid stuff you do when you're 19 all right enough of me talking about these top um 10 song block whatever you want to call it these days we're getting into our news segment <laughs> Alright, in our new segment today, which is going to be kind of short, uh, the first public-run train run by first Eurostar began service between England and France, and also England and Belgium, and they were able to do this by creating the channel tunnel, or the channel, underneath the English channel. And the train ride from England to France would be at least three hours and six minutes. This was a... Uh, dream long waited between England and France to um, make transportation more easier than you know sailing across 
the English Channel or, you know, at that point, taking the plane and all that stuff. So, um, they had a trial run in, back in May of that year with the Queen, uh, of course, Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom and the French President, Francois Mitterrand. And it worked pretty well, but the first public run train uh, operated on this date on November 14th, 1994, under the Chonomite, we're going to France. Alright, so after this, we're getting to our top album segment. Cheerio! Alright, our top album of the week here on this uh, podcast episode is going to be... Yes, it's a country album, folks. Uh... <laughs> But it charted on the pop charts, so it was a top 60 album in September 1994 on the country album charts. It was top 10. Um, we played this artist, one of the songs from off this track a few weeks back. Uh, this is Patty Loveless, and this album of hers, of course, is When Fallen Angels Fly. And, of course, we're playing five tracks off the album. And we're starting off with You Don't Even Know Who I Am. So here's Patty Loveless with... You don't even know who I am, offer When Fallen Angels Fly album. Only here on Remember Class of 1998. Alright, we're just getting done with our top album here. Um, of course, top album was When Fallen Angels Fly by Patty Loveless. Played five tracks off the album. First one was You Don't Even Know Who I Am. And then we played Here I Am. And then. I tried to think about Elvis, was the third track, and then we played Ships, and then the last one we played here was Over My Shoulder. And now, let's go into our TV segment. Remotes, ready to aim. Alright, on this TV segment, we're kind of looking back at a show we kind of talked about a little bit, because it uh, started its rerun syndication run. Uh, in the fall of 94, but it was still on the air, and unfortunately it was its last season. Uh, this was the sixth season for the show. Uh, it was on Monday nights on CBS at 10 to 11 o'clock slot. Um, like the last um, week show, Love and War, it got moved to Wednesday night, and it got killed, basically. And one of the actors, apparently, uh, would leave, but we'll talk about that when we get to the uh, winter season uh, of these TV shows, which will be sometime down the line, but anyways, the show I'm talking about is Northern Exposure, and like I said before, though, it being 10 o'clock, I never really got a chance to watch the show, even when it wasn't a school night, you know, you know, we still had to go to bed like 10 o'clock on uh, the weekdays, you know, because, you know, my then stepdad knew I had to deal with us at 10 o'clock for whatever reason, you know. But, uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with the show, it started Rob Morrow as Joe uh, Fleshman, who was a New York City intern and got sent up to Cecily, Alaska to be a doctor. Also started Barry Corman, um, Janine Turner, who played, uh, will actually be hooking up with the uh, Joe Fleshman character. Her character is uh, Maggie O'Connell in this season. Uh, John Cullum as uh, Holland's uh, McCurr. And you got Cynthia uh, Gary as uh, Shelly Temple. And then John Corbett, of course, guys, real big star in this TV show. Uh, playing Chris uh, um, Stobins. Hopefully, I get that name right. My writing's horrible sometimes, folks. But yeah, I, I mean, I knew of the show. I just, unfortunately, I never got a chance to watch it because of the time it was on. You know, and unfortunately, this particular season was the last one. Uh, but yeah, the. 
Joe and Maggie characters hook up apparently in uh, fall episodes uh, here before they would move the uh, show to Wednesday nights on CBS. I mean, CBS had a good thing going on Monday, and they just basically blew it at this point. So, anyways, enough of me talking about Northern Exposure. That was our TV segment of the week, of course, was Northern Exposure. I'm sure you're going to be able to watch it anywhere. Um, I believe it's on Google Play. And again, it might be elsewhere, too, as well, like Amazon and all that. So, here's to Northern Exposure in its last season, at least the first half of it. And after this, we're going to get in some good old tracks from around the world. Oh, before I go, John Corbett's character was Chris Stevens, not Chris Stovens. God, my handwriting's sucky. All right. See you after this. All right, then. We're getting to another segment here in Remember Class 1998. And, of course, I'm your host, the American Lineage, Michael Miller. And now we're going to start off this track. Kind of a fave from Rage Against the Machine. Um, Chart-wise, the only place to chart it was in New Zealand. It was a top 20 hit in New Zealand. This was the last single off their, um, I think, self-titled album before it became really big. And the song's called Freedom. So here's Freedom by Rage Against the Machine. Only here on Remember the Class of 1998. Alright, we're just getting done with our Blanca songs here in Ramper Class 1998. And of course, we started off with Freedom by Rage Against Machine. And then we went all the way to Germany again. Um, group called KMFDM. Another song, Glory. And then we heard from Ann uh, McNabb from the UK, formerly lead singer of the Ice School Works. This song, Go Into the Light, which was a top 70 uh, in his native country, of the UK. And then we heard from the Crash Test Dummies with God Shuffle His Feet. It was a uh, top 20 in their native Canada. And it was a minor hit in Australia, top 70. And then we heard from Mark Chestnut with Going Through the Big D. Jeez, I wonder what that song is all about. Uh, it was number two country hit in the United States and Canada. And now I'm smelling the popcorn. I got the mug group here. And I got all the candies I need for today. You guys know what time it is. It's time for the movie segment. Alright, in our movie segment today, we're talking about the 1994 version of Little Women. Uh, it was released in theaters on December 21st, 1994, in time for the holidays. Of course, it's based on the Louise May Alcott novel that came out in 1868. I did not see Little Women until it was released on video, and my sister got it for Christmas the next year in 95. Um, of course, then we started with Noah Ryder as uh, Josephine or Joe um, March. And then he had um, Gabriel Byrne, who played Frederick uh, Bayer, who would become a later love interest of uh, Joe March. And then Trina Alvarado. Played the uh, sister Margaret and Meg March, who ended up marrying the um, Eric Stoltz character, uh, I believe John Brooke, uh, who was a tutor to a character named Lori uh, Lawrence, or Theodore was his real name, but they went by Lori because of the last name. And that was played by Christian Bell. Now, at that time, I didn't know who Christian Bell was. 
I don't think I really knew Christian Bale. He wasn't on my radar to American Psycho. By the way, I hate that movie. Everything's it's a classic, whatever. It was stupid. But uh, that's another day, another time. <laughs> Talk about that. Um, two people played the younger sister. Uh, Amy March, uh, Kristen Dunst played her. And then later in the movie, Samantha Mathis played her. And Claire Danes was, of course, in that. She played the um, sister Elizabeth Beth March. And I don't want to give away no one's seen it, but she dies. Um, and then you had John Neville playing uh, Christian Bale's grandfather. You know, and, and of course, Susan Sarandon playing the mother, Abigail March. Or Mar- Marmy, I think she was originally called. Uh, nickname, whatever, in this um, story. Um... And, yeah, pretty much that's it for the cast, I guess. Uh, Matthew Walker played Mr. March, the father. Uh, overall, I mean, it, it was a decent movie. I mean, I never read a novel, but, I mean, I, I like Winona Ryder. You know, I thought, when I watched it on a home video back in 95, a year later, it, I thought it was pretty interesting, and it was okay. You know, it's, you know, pretty much it's, you know, how life was, I guess, in New England in the mid-1800s. So, I haven't seen it since then, so it's been 23 years since I've seen Little Women, the 1994 version. So, if you get a chance to check it out, guys, do. Hell, I might check it out again myself. Alright, after this, we're going to get into some really interesting bunch of tracks uh, from Lost Albums, or albums that didn't go anywhere. See you then. All right, back here another segment on uh, songs. This time we're looking at you know album tr- tracks from lost albums or albums that do really squat or underground, whatever. Coming right out of my potato sack, of course. Um, we'll start off with the first one uh, from a band from Sweden called The Wannadies. Uh, their album was "Be a Girl." It was the top forty in their native Sweden. Uh, the track we're playing is a familiar track. Um, it's called "You and Me" song. It would be re-released uh, two years later in 1996 on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack and came a um, bigger hit, I guess, international-wise. But uh, right now, it just didn't go much anywhere in 1994. So here's uh, You and Me song by the Wannadies off their Be A Girl album. Only here, I remember class 1998. You better believe it, son. Alright, we're just getting done with our album tracks and um, putting them away in this potato sack and saving it for another rainy day. Um, of course, we started off with the Wannadies off their Be A Girl album. The track plays You and Me song, of course. And then we heard from The Queers. Uh, that's right, The Queers. I'm not kidding. This is an actual band. They've been around since the 80s. They're from Portsmouth, um, uh, Rhode Island. Uh, kind of tongue-tied on that one. Or Portsmouth, Rhode Island. And uh, the album was called Beat Off. <laughs> he said Beat Off. <laughs> and the track was uh, I put off the album was You Make Me Want to Puke. Classic punk, as always. And the next one is um, we played by a band called Guided by Voices. And it's off their B-1000 album. And it's called uh, the track we play is called I Am a Scientist. Which I actually really dig this song, and I'm like shocked 
again, I'm not surprised. I didn't hear this song back in uh, freshman year in high school. Um, I would have digged on the song, but again, the town I lived in, it was hard to get music like this, especially on the radio or even in the stores. And these guys weren't really well known, really, I think, to the 2000s, even though they've been around since the 80s. And then we heard a spoken word from the former lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, uh, Jell Biafra. Uh, it's called Message to Our Sponsor. And it's off his Beyond the Valley of the Gift Police album. And then we went all the way down to Argentina for our last one. Uh, this album's called Big Bang. And it was, the track we play is Lamento uh, Bevenino. And the uh, group is uh, Los Atios Verdodos. Hopefully I pronounced that right. And they're from Argentina. And I actually kind of dig that track too. Even though it was speaking in Spanish. Alright. Guys. Let's get into our pro wrestling segment. Alright, we're still looking to fall of 1994 here on Pro Wrestling Spotlight. And, uh, it's going to be a long while before we get on this list. But today's Pro Wrestling Spotlight is going to be on Two Code Scorpio. Uh, Two Code mainly wrestled for ECW uh, at this point. Uh, CWA in New Japan. He did a couple gigs for uh, AAA of Mexico and Southern California Wrestling. Um, basically the first big match of the fall. He was in Hanover, Germany. He wrestled Fit Finley for the CWA Intercontinental title. Of course, in CWA, titles like this, they would have in uh, catch can rounds, and he lost to Fit in the eighth round. Uh, he came back to the States on December 30th for ECW in Hamburg, Pennsylvania, in a TV taping. Uh, one over Hack Myers. I actually found the match. It's on. I posted it on the uh, Remember the Class 1998 Facebook. Uh, October 1st, he would face Shane Douglas for the ECW World Title. And of course, they have a history, of course. Um, Going back a couple of months, they faced each other off for the NWA World Title. Uh, he lost to Shane in the tournament finals. And of course, that was the that night, and, and Two Code was there when Shane threw the belt down and said, "They get all kissed by ass." And then a few weeks, not a few weeks, actually a few days later, excuse me, uh, he went off to New Japan, um, teamed in several tag team matches with El Samurai. Um, you know, he would face, like, Dean Malenko and then, you know, Chris Benoit when he was Wild Pegasus over there. Uh, he also would team with Malenko, too, as well, in Japan. And and then on November 4th, came back to ECW, won the ECW World TV title, and was recorded again in Hamburg for TV. And this match aired on November 22nd, um, about 20-some-odd days later, I think it was, or 18, whatever it was. Uh, he won the title from Jason, or Jason Knight, as he, as he is known now, uh, and as I stutter. <laughs> that same night, he lost the world, title, uh, world TV title in ECW to Dean Malenko. And that match didn't air until a week later, so it made it look like he had the belt for a week. But in reality, he didn't. <laughs> so, two code Scorpio was ECW World TV champ for just a bit. And apparently that same night, he would team up with Chris Benoit, Ron Simmons, and they would face Hack Myers, Mr. Hughes, and Shane Douglas. And they won that match. And and then he also and wrestled a third time that night with a team with Ron Simmons facing the Pitbulls. And then November 5th, 1994... 
he would uh, wrestle at the ECW Arena for November to remember, and uh, he went over Mr. Hughes. And also the same night, apparently, he faced uh, Chris Benoit in a double countout. Man, no wonder when these guys were extreme at that point. Um, November 6th, next day, he was in, out in Los Angeles for the uh, pay-per-view event for AAA when Worlds Collide. They will find that. It's on Remember Class 1998 um, Facebook as well. Um, he teamed up with uh, Chris Benoit and uh, Tito Santana, and, uh, and they won a match over Blue Panther and Jerry Estrada and uh, La Parca. And November 7th, he was in Southern uh, California wrestling in an uh, event when cities collide uh, in, in Fullerton, California at the Ice House. And he faced Chris Benoit there, and he won over Chris in that match. Uh, came back to ECW, of course, though, teamed up with Ron Simmons, uh, challenged the uh, public enemy for the World Tag Team titles in no contest on November 18th. And then the next night, in the ECW arena, on the 19th, uh, he teamed with Ron, faced Brian Pillman and Shane Douglas. I think originally it was supposed to be Steve Austin, but it ended up being Brian Pillman. Um, then he went back to CWA again, wrestled Fit Finley for the IC title, lost again, of course. Then went to New Japan, actually teaming up with Ron Simmons again in New Japan on November, you know, I think in November 30th uh, this time. A match with, uh, he teamed with Ron, Scott Norton, and Tim Horner. And he faced uh, Great Muda, Hershey Haas, Manado Natanishi, and Shinida Hoshimoto. Um, be another match with Scott Norton. During this time, and he would face the Great Muda again on the singles match on December 7th in New Japan. And then he re teamed with Al Samurai and uh, would face Chris Benoit in a bunch of matches. And also teamed with Chris too, as well, in New Japan. And the last big match he did, he went back over Germany again and wrestled in CWA against uh, Hiro Yotamoto. So, yeah, pretty much Tuco Scorpio was a pretty busy man in the fall of 1994. And at that time, he was still one of the best high flyers and wrestlers in the business. And, all right, after this is my picks of the week. All right, this is the American Lineage, Michael Miller, and this is Remember the Class of 1998. And now we're getting towards the end of the show, of course. And it's my picks of the week. And we're starting off with a classic one from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is when Dave Navarro was in the group. And I remember watching this video. Oh, uh, when I finally got a TV in my room. Like, when I woke up to go to school and all that. And this song's called Aeroplane. Kind of a little tribute to the uh, MGM movies. So, here's Aeroplane by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Only here on Remember the Class of 1998. All right, you guys just heard uh, my picks of the week. <laughs> Remember class 1998? Got to jump the gun there a little bit. Um, first track was Aeroplane by Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then classic one from TLC, Digging on You. And then we heard Michael and Janet Jackson teaming up with uh, Scream, and then Selena with one of her classic songs, uh, I Could Fall in Love. And then we heard Naughty by Nature with Feel Me Flow. And that's it, folks. Episode 24 is in the books. Uh, of course, I'd like to thank Anchor for providing me the platform to do the show. And also Apple iTunes and every other podcast in the world that plays it. Of course, if you want to listen to the full show, please listen to Anchor and Apple iTunes, um, of course, and the music and stuff. Otherwise, you just hear me talking. If you like it, cool beans. 
Um, what can I say? And it looks like at this point, lest things change, I will be appearing at the Potsdam Comic Con in Potsdam, New York. I will hopefully be uh, broadcasting at certain points on the Facebook page live. And of course, I hope to record some of the stuff for like bonus episode shows. And I also hope to get interviews with certain wrestlers uh, who are going to be there. Or and um, and maybe I can get one or two wrestlers, maybe co-host the uh, show and make and pick their thirty uh, songs. Not necessarily in the nineties, probably, because that's going to be a pain in the butt. I'd probably say, hey, pick thirty songs in the mid nineties. You know, if, you know, I probably would just say, pick your thirty and say, okay, this is your thirty. So, um, thank you guys for listening again. I appreciate the people who listened to the last episode. I pretty, it was like the most listened episode ever of the podcast. Um, so thank you guys again for listening to Reaver Class 1998. I'll see you next time. Peace, love, and as we go into autumn officially this coming weekend, be good to each other. Bye-bye for now. This is a man who realized an 11-year-long dream. He was on a quest. He was on a mission. And he finally accomplished that. He fulfilled it. He beat Brett the Hitman Hart and became, once again, the World Wrestling Federation champion. I think I just said that. You can never hear it enough. He deserves your admiration (laughs) and your respect. but you know I thought we were scraping the bottom of the presidential barrel with Bill Clinton but then along comes Jack Tunney and proves that if you lift up the barrel there's something worse Jack Tunney runs a ringer in on him at Madison Square Garden and well Mr. Backlund you tell him exactly what happened Bob Backlund times man of the year well not quite Mr. Morality Bob Backlund hush hush first of all King I don't need any encomiums from anybody. I know what I am, and I walk tall, and I know where the plebeians stand out in this world. And I've got a message for you to send to your friend, Mr. McMahon. Listen to the people that are telling Bob how long you have to stay on a bull. Uh, no, I don't think. Eight seconds is what they're saying. That's all, that's all you have to stay on a bull. And when I'm out here articulating with the Floridians, I don't use melopropism. <laughs> I know exactly what's coming from my mouth. I know the axioms that flow from between my orbicularis orus muscle. Do you understand? The second thing I came out here to articulate about was your hitman, your representative. He's one of you. He's one of you people. I admit that. You deserve him. I'm better than he is. Oh, no. Now, you 
wing on him. It was like I had that chicken wing on every one of you people that cheat and life and that lie and you squalid language in front of your children. And Pittman, I understand you're coming back. And anytime you want more of the chicken wing, I'm happy to get into the ring with you. And the last thing I came out here to discuss with you people was your man, Diesel. Oh, boy. This will be interesting. To come out and shake my hand like a man. Tell him, Bob. And he procured what meant more to me than anything because I wanted to represent the, the way it should be represented. And I wanted to bring you people up so you can be successful in life. He just wants what's best for all of us. Kevin Nash, you're like a Neanderthal. Did you hear that, McMahon? Kevin Nash? Yeah. You know who that is? No! You're like the Tyrannosaurus Rex of the... You know who he's describing? Yes. But do you know what happened to the Tyrannosaurus Rex? Guess who told Bob all that stuff, huh? Do you huh? know? He Congratulations. And stepped on everybody in the world. All his predators. He destroyed them. Big Daddy Cool, we got your number. The Tyrannosaurus Rex went extinct. What a matchup that's going to be, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Backlund squaring off against Big Daddy Cool Diesel with Shawn Michaels in Backlund's corner. Who knows what?